Titus 3, 4 through 7. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Christ Jesus our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for your kindness in giving us uh, this your word. Thank you for revealing yourself to us in it. Father God, I ask that you would use it now to draw our hearts towards your son, Jesus Christ, that you keep my lips from error, and that you would bless this, your people. And I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, the last time we were together in Titus, we looked at the appearance of the grace of God out of Titus 2. We observed that grace is the unmerited favor of God towards sinners. And we saw that this grace, the grace of God, has appeared in the sense that it has been made manifest, it has been made clear, it has been made fully clear in the person and work of Jesus Christ. We saw that all, all grace comes to us through Christ, in Christ, and from the fullness of Christ. And we saw that it is this grace, this grace made manifest in Christ, which brings salvation. Now, similarly, here in Titus 3, Paul says that it is the kindness and love of God towards men that has appeared. It has appeared and it has been made clear, been made manifest in the context of our salvation. So as we did with Titus 2, I would like to, for just a moment to take a look at the kindness of God and see how it has appeared, how it has been made manifest in Jesus Christ. Now, I do think that the main purpose of this passage is to teach us that our salvation is purely an act of God's grace and mercy. It is not by works of righteousness which we have done. And we are used to thinking in these terms, I think, you know, salvation by grace through faith, not by works. But I do want to notice here that Paul attributes our salvation from God as an act of his kindness. And again here, there is this language, this word picture of the kindness of God being made manifest in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So if something so great as our salvation is an act of God's kindness, and Christ is the manifestation, the making clear of that kindness, I believe it's worth looking at. And we will. And in so doing, it is worth trying to define kindness a little bit, I think. Um, kindness is kind of one of those concepts, for me at least, that's hard to describe, but I know it when I see it. It's benevolence, it's goodness, it's compassion and empathy, it's the desire to help those in need, it's the desire to do what is in your power to alleviate the suffering in another person. And we can see these concepts in other places in Scripture where um, the word here translated kindness is used, attributed to God and his attributes and his, his actions. Um, you know what, Gil just, just prayed for Shiloh, for instance, 
out of, um, if we're thinking of the same passage out of Romans 2, 4, uh, do you not despise the riches of God's goodness, his forbearance, not knowing that uh, his goodness leads you to repentance. That word goodness is the same word here translated kindness. It's the kindness of God that leads us to forsake our sin and to trust in him. It's his good will towards sinners. God's goodness, his kindness. Um, interestingly, interestingly um, also out of Matthew 11, you know, you know the passage where he says, um, my yoke is easy. That word easy, uh, it's the same root as, as kindness. It's, my yoke is kind. The yoke of Christ is an act of kindness on his part, is an act of helping us. It's a kind yoke. And in thinking of kindness, I think it's also worth sort of comparing it and contrasting it to uh, the grace of God. And I think we can say that if God's grace is his unmerited favor towards sinners, then his kindness is his unmerited goodwill towards sufferers. And Christ has made this manifest. How? Well, there are many specific accounts in Christ's life and his earthly ministry that we could look at that demonstrates his heart, his demonstrates his heart towards the lost and the suffering. But reflecting on just the totality of his earthly ministry, I think we can say that Jesus Christ's life was characterized by true, heartfelt compassion for the lost and for the suffering. Now listen, Christ, Christ said that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Christ showed us the Father, and Christ showed us that God cares. God cares about you. Do you know that? He cares about the details of your life. If you're tired and you're hurt or you're afraid or whatever it is that you're going through, God cares. Christ has shown us that God cares. He cares about the little things. Because, you know, Christ did this really big thing for us, right? This really big thing. He saved us. He took the just penalty for our sins. He made us alive. He loved you and valued you enough that he hung on the tree for you. And Ephesians 2 says that he did that because of his great love with which he loved us. His great love. He loves you with a great love, but he also cares about you. He has kindness towards you such that he takes care of the little things. He shows his kindness to us and that he feeds us when we are hungry. He gives us rest when we are tired. He comforts us when we are afraid. Now we're, um, we're about to hear a sermon this morning out of Matthew 6 from Elder Duff and I haven't compared notes with him or anything but I think one of the main takeaways of the passage he's going to preach on is that God cares for little things. God is a big God and he cares for little things. Things. God cared for and fed the robin 
that was on your porch this morning. God cares about the kinds of flowers that are in your backyard. He cares about you, and nothing in your life is too small to bring to him. If you stubbed your toe this morning, God cares about that. He does. He truly has compassion over you through it. And if you legitimately brought that stubbed toe, you lifted up to him as an act of faith and asked him to minister to you in it, the heart of Christ would not blow you off. He would not scoff at you. The heart of Christ would be happy to minister to you in your time of need and to bring, you, bring your heart closer to his through it. And just as, as, as a word of admonition, as I was reflecting on this, men especially, let us learn from the heart of Christ. What am I teaching my daughter, my little four-year-old daughter, about the kindness of Christ when she comes to me with a problem? And I tell her, don't bother me with that. That's too small for me to take care of. The Bible says that what is desired in a man is kindness. Let us learn from the kindness of Christ. Now, your stub toe. Your stub toe, I think, is a demonstration of how your salvation is an act of, of kindness according to Titus 3. Because the Word of God promises, promises us that He will wipe away every tear from our eye. You see, Christ came to redeem every part of creation. Every part. So this morning... Know that your hurt, your worry, your pain, your weariness, whatever it is it may be, God cares about that. And Christ died on the cross to redeem it. The kindness of the heart of God has been made manifest by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ sympathizes with you in every way. He's motivated by true heartfelt compassion for you. In the greatness of his love and the exceeding riches of his grace, he died for you. And in his kindness, he cares for you and he cares about the little things in your life. Nothing is too trivial for him and he is not too proud to stoop down and minister to you in your time of need, whatever it may be. Rather, he, he pours out his kindness on us richly, abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So in conclusion, as we approach this table of fellowship and remembrance this morning, let us remember that God is kind. And if you have a hurt or a worry or a weariness this morning, you can bring it to him trusting in his kindness. Christ said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that is his promise to you out of the kindness of his heart. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for teaching us that you are kind. Thank you for demonstrating us to your life. Thank you for showing that you loved us, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. Christ, help us to learn from your heart. Help us to be kind to one another. And draw our hearts to you now, I ask as we enjoy this fellowship meal with you and with one another.
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.